what your country can do for you. There's a last time I've got to be in the lead. The Giants have the Peter, oh, you little mouse, so won't you go away? One ringy-dingy. Hand off to Griffin, cracks the middle, gets the five. Touchdown, Ohio State. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I'm interested to know, Gracie, who's your choice? Need you ask, George. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning in to episode 45 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here's a trumpet player I was not familiar with, although I did mention him in the Dizzy Gillespie episode from a few weeks ago. And it seems to be a reissue from another band. So... Let's get ready for some jazz in its simplest form with Volume 45, Jonah's Trumpet on Tour. Thank you. 
it's Jonah Wales again. And that's exactly what he's doing on that trumpet. Love how he makes that trumpet practically sing. All right, why this album? Well, we've still got plenty of trumpet players to introduce you to from my dad's collection. And since my dad has three from Jonah Jones, I thought I should probably get to him. But this is some very smooth old jazz. Originally recorded under another band's name, but I'll explain that later. The cover is also attention-grabbing because of how colorful it is with all of the places around the world where Jonah toured, and I'll explain that later, too. I really like this album because the music is simple, but the solos are grand. So that's why we're listening to this record on this episode. Now, sounds like there's a party going on.
jumping on 57th. Now, by the way, just to let you know, Google was absolutely useless when trying to find the composers of the music on this album. Only got one of them, and that's because it's a standard. Now, let's learn about the album that I picked for this episode. Jonah Jones, Trumpet on Tour. It's on the Baronet Records label, number B103. It's a vinyl LP album format. It was released in 1962. It's of the jazz genre, and the style is swing. Now, this is where things get interesting. While trying to figure out the composers of the music on this album, I kept drawing a blank. Then I found a reference to Sam Price and his KC Stompers. So I looked up the album Barrel House and Blues. It's got the same band, the exact same songs, in the exact same order. Even the liner notes are identical except they list Sammy Price first and go into details of his life a little further. That album was released in 1955, according to Discogs.com. And, of course, Jonah Jones was a trumpet player in the KC Stompers for, uh, I don't know, a cup of coffee or so. All right, let's take a look at the liner notes on the Jonah Jones album. In its pure state, jazz is the happiest of diversions and as free an expression of the human spirit as you can find anywhere in music. It is a lusty art, one that is often a direct and uncluttered method for a group of direct and uncluttered souls to convey the most basic and profound emotion and ideas. Jazz, in its pure state, does not belong to any specific time or to any one school or style. It is a spontaneous combustion, freewheeling, no holds barred music that has happened and will continue to happen whenever a group of good musicians get together to play for their own mutual enjoyment. In spirit, what you hear on this record is the music that was heard on the south side of Chicago and in the honky-tonks of Kansas City in the late 1920s and early 1930s. And if you were around and knew your way around Harlem in the Depression and pre-war years, you might have heard it there. Musicians would gather in obscure back rooms and illegally operated after-hours clubs and play on until far after most ordinary folk had their second cup of coffee and were on their way to work. Call those goings-on what you will, jam sessions, cutting contests, after-hours romps. The music that you might have heard then was rowdy, relaxed, and free, as close to pure jazz as you can get. Yet it had that mysterious inner discipline that jazz musicians so prodigiously possess. It had the form, the craftsmanship, and the creative quality that add up to art. All right, let's take a look to see what the value was that I found on this album. Discogs had the lowest value at $1.69, highest at $34.48, and the median at $3. eBay had one copy for 5 bucks. Amazon came in at $22.99. Now, my dad's record seems to be in pretty good shape, well, considering. I'll call it fair. The cover is in surprisingly good condition. However, with the posted stamp and that weird green marker line I keep seeing, plus, of course, his address label on the front cover. This one even has a price label on it. I think it says two for a dollar. <laughs> I'll have to rate the cover as fair to poor. And even with that piece of information, I think my dad's copy could 
fetch a buck. All right, next up, some laid-back Delta Blues. Thank you. 
That is Pete's Delta Bound. All right, let's learn about the trumpet player on this album, the featured artist, Jonah Jones. Robert Elliott Jones was born December 31st, 1908 in Louisville, Kentucky. An early music instructor stuttered when stating Jones's surname, and so Jones became known as Jonah. A jazz veteran whose ebullient nature, muted trumpet style, and scat singing style brought him steady commercial success in a series of albums for Capitol and Decca from the mid-1950s through the end of the 60s. And a few album covers featuring women in tight pants and even tighter sweaters didn't hurt. Jones began playing professionally in his teens, starting out with bands on the riverboats that still worked the Ohio River in the late 1920s. He joined Jimmy Lunsford's band in 1931, and Lunsford often brought him up front to do comic vocal numbers with violinist Stuff Smith. He moved through some of the best black bands of the 1930s and 40s, McKinney's Cotton Pickers, Fletcher Henderson, Benny Carter, and then, for an 11-year stretch, Cab Calloway. In the early 1950s, he worked with pianist Earl Hines in a small combo. Then, after a stint in the pit orchestra of Porgy and Bess on Broadway, he began playing New York City clubs with a rhythm section. To his surprise, audiences loved the combo. Seeing Jones as perhaps a younger version of Louis Armstrong, Capitol signed him to a recording contract, and several of his early albums sold well enough to stake places in the top 40 lists. His album, I Dig Chicks, won a Grammy Award in 1959 for Best Jazz Performance by a Group, and his singles of On the Street Where You Live and Baubles, Bangles, and Beads sold over a million copies each. Capital dropped him in the mid-1960s when the sales began to fade, but he was picked up by Decca and released several more albums with his quartet, including a Tijuana Brass wannabe album. He continued to perform and recorded occasional mainstream jazz albums through the end of the 1980s. His final performance was in 1993 for a benefit for the Jazz Foundation of America at the famed Blue Note Nightclub in Greenwich Village. He was inducted into the Big Band and Jazz Hall of Fame in 1999 and died April 30th of the following year in New York City at the age of 90. A life long and well lived. So, we know Jonah had a thing for New York City.
And there is Manhattan Blues. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with the cover artist Sam Sullivan and the fact that he has a font named after him. Now, I had already found this album cover striking. In fact, we talked about in the bio how Jonah Jones liked women on his cover. The woman on this cover, all right, has kind of tight pants, but not really a tight sweater. She's holding a trumpet, and she is sitting on luggage that has airline stickers or maybe even ship stickers for all over the world. She is sitting in front of what could be thought of as travel agency posters from sites from all over the world, India, Singapore, Egypt, that sort of thing. And the Jonah Jones trumpet on tour is in a block, and it is even kind of outlined in what I'm going to consider a marquee. You can almost see it flashing, even though, of course, it is a still. Now, as far as I can tell on Discogs, Solomon has 108 album covers to his credit. Remember, I told you that we're going to talk about some of these album cover artists because I find them so intriguing. But all I could find on Solomon was this line. Graphic designer, art director, and title designer for motion pictures from the 1950s onward. That was until I found a font named after him. Yes, the style of lettering when typed on a computer. A font. Here's what the page said about Sam Solomon font. Sam Solomon is a condensed display face supplied in three weights, regular, medium, and bold plus a set of handy italics or obliques. All six fonts are included in the licensed download and the bold weight is available free for personal use. The fonts are inspired by lettering on a Sarah Vaughan album cover designed by Sam Solomon in 1962, perhaps influenced by a solo-type font called Herald Square, but without the font's aversion to diagonals and adding distinctive perky ascenders descenders on the lowercase R-A-U-G-N-N, the K-type fonts also add the nubs to D, M, P, and Q. The Saravon lettering contrasts sharp, tight outer corners with soft, rounded inner shapes, the opposite of K-type Argo, where glyphs have curvaceous exterior forms against harsh, angular counters. Solomon was born in Manchester, England in 1927. After working for McCann Erickson in London, he moved to New York where he took on freelance work designing album covers. Particularly celebrated are his striking minimalist designs for jazz records. He moved back to England in the early 1960s, designing many book jackets, film titles, and fabrics, also working in Spain and India before settling in Oxford in the late 1980s. Yes, the font description had the best bio that I could find on this artist. And I, of course, I did download the free version. I've I've been collecting different style fonts for a couple of decades and you never know when you'll need just that right look. Okay, now for a song I did recognize and it's also one of my favorite melodies. <laughs> Thank you. 
is a 1933 torch song written by Harold Arlen and Ted Kohler. Ethel Waters first sang it at the Cotton Club Nightclub in Harlem in 1933. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I really enjoy pulling these old jazz albums out. This is one of those that I wish I had known my dad had. It's just some simple, enjoyable jazz by a really great group of musicians, and no matter which name they recorded under. And I'll be looking forward to bringing you the great trumpet player Jonah Jones in future episodes. Now, finally, I may not be able to walk and chew gum at the same time, but I can certainly walk and do this at the same time.
walking and shouting the boogie. And there you have selections from an album they liked so much, they released it twice. So thanks for tuning into Volume 45, Jonah's Trumpet on Tour, however you did. If you want more information about this podcast, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops with Volume 46, My Fair Lady. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>